welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing on Wednesday afternoon. We had a little bit of NBA news today. Joining us from Dallas, um, he was the Houston Rockets beat writer, or, you know, one of the teams he covered. Well, he continued to cover the Rockets after today. Hmm. Is Timothy Band McMahon. I don't bail when times get tough. Howdy, partners. <laughs> Joining us from Oakland, California is uh, Mark Spears from The Undefeated. Hello, Mark. I remember when Steven Jackson and Nick Van Exel asked for a trade. I was back in the fun days of asking. Yeah. For a trade. Hey, if if Harden all he all Harden had to do was make a couple of comments in a press conference to get traded, he probably was like, maybe I should have done this maybe a month ago. I you know when, uh, when I was still in the clubs. I, I think he put it in a pretty good effort a month ago when he was partying in Atlanta and <laughs> Vegas while training camp was starting. <laughs> I, I I think he ran. But it didn't work. Every well, listen. This it ain't like they suddenly started talks uh, after last night. This thing has been in motion for a while, obviously. Wait, but you but you don't think it pushed it into the end zone though? Uh, maybe it got it over. Maybe it you know it got the Rockets to the point of saying, okay, let's take the best offer that that's on the table at this point. Um, listen, the Rockets didn't get exactly what they wanted. Okay, they didn't. There's not a franchise, a young franchise cornerstone heading to Houston. Uh, Victor Oladipo has been that sort of player. Obviously, he's coming off of some major injuries, which he'll fit right in with uh, with the Rockets, with Boogie Cousins and and uh, John Wall, the former All Stars with major injuries. But they the the young franchise cornerstone the Rockets did not get. Now the package of picks, woo. Oh, sure. oh, let's go over it real quick. I mean, people probably know if they listen to this podcast, but um, uh, so Brooklyn goes all in here, uh, sends four, uh, sends three of their draft picks, 22, 24, 26, uh, unprotected. Am I correct? Everything's unprotected. unprotected. Everything's unprotected. Then pick swaps in 21, 23, and 25. I passed up a, a really inappropriate, well, um, let's just go on, move. Sorry. 21, 23, 25, 27, four pick swaps, unprotected. And then as a part of the other branch of the deal with Cleveland, um, Cleveland sent a Bucks 2022 first round pick to Houston. So Houston gets four first round picks, all unprotected. That even that Bucks pick is unprotected, by the way, should something crazy happen. Um, four unprotected pick swaps. Uh Jared Allen ends up in Jared Allen and Torian Prince end up in Cleveland. Uh Rody Kurux, he ends up in uh, Houston. Or where does he end up? Houston. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's in Houston. Okay. Um, Karis Levert goes to Houston. Houston makes a separate trade to bring in Victor Oladipo, which I found fascinating. What we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so uh, this is a gigantic haul. It's one of the. It's probably the biggest draft pick trade ever made, depending on how you value the pick swaps in the uh, Paul George trade. Mm-hmm. Um, there was five first round picks in that deal, and I believe two pick swaps, but. Um, I, that's hard to compare that deal to this one because that really included Kawhi Leonard. I know it technically didn't, but it was. Right. And, you know, in this deal, you know, Kyrie and Durant were already there. Um, well, so I don't Ky- know Kyrie's on the roster. He ain't there. there. He's we on the roster and under contract. We'll talk about that in a little bit too. Um, so, uh, McMahon, I, before we really break it down, I re- well, here's what I really want to know. I want to know. How, and you don't. I don't. You probably don't have the answer. Mm-hmm. How close do you think they were to a deal with Philly? Uh, because um, because I, that's where they could have gotten the young franchise cornerstone. Ben Simmons was absolutely on the table. 
Yes. Um, uh, they, so they, I can I can add something here. Mm-hmm. In speaking to individuals with knowledge, Ben Simmons was prepared to be traded today. Um, I don't know if I can say expected to be traded, but was prepared to be traded, was ready to be traded. They never told him he was going to be traded. Like right, but they've obviously got some making up. You know, they, they, they've got a situation yeah, that's there. But the, but the reason I want to know what you think is because because of the, the Rockets' history with Daryl Morey here. Uh, I just wonder how much of an impediment that was. There obviously had to be a point where Philly knew, um, where Philly knew that this was it. We were either going to do this deal or not. I, I have to assume that Raphael Stone, um, the Rockets general manager, gave Daryl a, a final chance. Daryl, we are doing this deal with Brooklyn. If you don't do this deal, I don't know this for a fact, but it it had to have been somewhere in here, unless they cold shouldered him, which I. I don't think that they would have. And Philly right. had, there was a moment today and maybe it was, you know, a moment that was decided a while ago, but there was a, there was a moment today when Philadelphia had to decide, are we taking James Harden or not? And not for Ben Simmons. And they, my suspicion is that they just passed and allowed the Brooklyn deal to happen. And because of the Daryl Morey quotient here and, and Tillman Fertitta and all this, that had to be a fascinating uh, moment in time. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of dynamics at play there. I I you know look, I think part of the dynamic is it it's based on what I know, it was not a unanimous you know there wasn't a consensus with the Sixers that giving up Ben Simmons to get James Harden was a, a wise move in the first place, and then obviously the Nets just overwhelmed the Rockets with draft consideration. But look, the Sixers. They could have they could have thrown a bunch of swaps in there, and I don't know what exactly their pick situation is. They also could have thrown. Uh, my understanding is Thibault is on the table. I don't believe. I don't. I'm not certain. I don't believe they were ever willing to put uh, Tyrese Maxey on the table. Um, but I think I, I think that your hunch, basically, what you're saying is, if it was even, they were leaving Daryl Morey empty-handed. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's but how problem. could it be? I mean, Spears, how could it be even Ben, you know, I know there's all these draft picks, but I mean, how many, what's the chance of any of those picks producing a guy like Ben Simmons, who's, who's, who's an all NBA player and under contract and 22 years old or whatever. Well, know? I mean, if we think back to that Nets Boston trade, um, Boston ended up getting some good picks out of that, but mm-hmm. unlike that Nets team, I think this Nets team is going to be very successful. So not, not, not when these picks are. I mean, these picks are, are going to extend way past KD, yeah. Harden, Kyrie Prime. That's that's the most yeah. important part of this deal. Is uh, just like the most important part of the uh, the OKC deal for uh, you know with uh, to send Russ to Houston. Yeah. The picks were going to extend way past. Right. Well, that you know, window, I wrote a, that window only last. I don't year, mean but. I don't mean to you know direct somebody to my piece, but a few weeks ago I wrote a piece about how um, NBA teams more and more we, we we saw this with uh new orleans as well with uh the the, the deal with um uh with with milwaukee yeah um they're they're i don't want to say shorting is the right word because it's years into the future but they're wagering on mm-hmm. they're 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 betting that that brooklyn is going to go into the tank in two or three years and so the 20 the, the 21 22 23 picks may not be so good but 24 25 yeah. 26 that but basically they're wagering on that. Same Oklahoma City did the same thing with the Rockets. Right. Um, basically wagering that the Rockets were not going to be good. Uh now the Rockets actually have their picks in twenty two and twenty three. So 
they're in better shape. Uh, they didn't think they were going to go into the <laughs> Sam Presti didn't forecast the Rockets going into the ditch this quickly. He was sort of seeing it in 24 with Westbrook and, and Harden. But let me, uh, I did want to interject this. I, yeah. Somebody close to Ben just texted me, said he's very happy that he didn't get traded, that he, he wants to be in Philly, that he's um, still has, he believes they could win a championship there. And I've also kind of got the word long before this that doc is really big fan of his that's that's when i say there wasn't a consensus what i my understanding is doc wanted to keep this thing as is and see what they've got yeah well let me say this uh well go ahead spears well no i i I talked to doc about a month ago specifically about ben and he just kind of you know with all due respect to the previous regime didn't feel like they could get the best out of him um, felt that he could, um, that he, he didn't know he was this good and that he was going to be more aggressive with him being in the paint and having the ball in his hands. And he, he I could just tell he loved him. He just like raved about him. So um, I, I can't, I don't want to speak for Doc, but my guess if his, if he had a vote, he probably didn't want to do the deal. Here's something else. Guys, Joel Embiid is playing the best basketball of his career. Now, I know we're talking about, I think he's played eight or nine games. So I don't want to sit here and say that, you know, but Joel had 45 last night. He's playing MVP level ball right now. The way that they are playing and spreading the floor and everything, it's working for him. Right. And, I, you know, the feeling all along here was that the Sixers probably wanted to wait this out to see how things went for a while before deciding on this. And I just don't know if their timeline is correct. Like, I just don't know if they were ready to, to make their decision right now. Um, but let me say this. There's a possibility that Bradley Beal could be available in two months. And if, you know, maybe Simmons could be available in that type of trade. Hmm. Uh, now, I just don't know. Bradley Beal is not there yet. Um, but... If Bradley Beal becomes available, maybe the situation changes and you know we can debate whether or not you'd want Harden or Beal. I think Daryl Morey, you know, he loves James Harden, that's clear. Um, but I just don't know if Philly was ready to do this, especially with Embiid playing so well and their team doing so well. Yeah. It's funny. One of another one of um someone close to Ben said we feel like we just got off a roller coaster. <laughs> just text me that well, today hey me too <laughs> yeah right man you're right i mean today had to be wild right because you know we all of a sudden today, the last afraid. few months yeah. right but but today it was like it was going to come down and he didn't know whether he was going or not and now he knows he's staying right um, but but to your point Beal's 27 years old like Beal is just about to hit the middle of his prime so you know and and he's i mean my god Beal's putting up crazy numbers there's no uh you know there's i'm not aware of any sort of baggage that comes along with him um you know if beal gets put on the market uh it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see what kind of uh what kind of packages are, are put on the table for him we also didn't mention when i was doing the uh the breakdown that Dante Exum, who's injured right now, goes to Houston uh, from Cleveland. Uh-huh. Um, Another uh, expiring contract, just like Victor Oladipo. Well, I will say this. Uh, the, the, the Rockets payroll next year is going to be $50 million and 40 something. And that'll be John Wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I will say this at this, you know, and look, uh, you know, with their current, with Tillman Fertitta's current financial situation has been well detailed. And boy, when I've said this in the past, boy, have I gotten my knuckles wrapped. Um, they you know, are sensitive about this perception. Because, you know, they say that the Rockets, the Rockets organization is very profitable, blah, blah, blah. Till, you know, Tillman is fine, but uh, leading the league in attendance right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, 56, right? <laughs> Um, uh, 3,000 actually. Okay. Uh, but I just think going forward here, we should pay attention to their financial moves. This trade took them out of the luxury tax. Um, yep. And the Oladipo section of this, where they swap out Levert for Oladipo, which I, we'll talk about in a minute. Um, that's going to, now maybe they sign Oladipo long-term and they can put their finger in my eye, but that I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent. I understand that. Maybe they just like Old Depot better, and maybe they're you know they don't have control of their own pick this year, which we'll again talk about in a minute. But um, you know they did shave off a whole bunch of money uh, by by swapping Lavert off for Old Depot. Maybe they'll extend him and thirty six plus million over the next you know the two seasons beyond this one. And look, they didn't love Lavert. Okay, they they don't see him as a potential franchise cornerstone. You can make the argument that Oladipo has at least played at that level, uh, you know, obviously pre-injury. But I agree with you. I look at the contracts, and and say that's why this th- that swap made sense for the Rockets. You, you don't think eighteen is a great number for him? I think so. But for for what? So let me ask you this. What is Karis LeVert at $18 million going to do for the Rockets next season? What would he have done? Got him to 37 wins? You know? Uh, I mean, he's an asset that doesn't yeah. expire. Well, <laughs> Old Depot, Old yeah. Depot can be an asset before this deadline as an expiring. Okay. We'll see. I mean, you know, and he's just, healthy. Yeah. He's play, here's what I'd say. I guess we're going to talk about Old Depot now. Um, for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click Ranger.com or just stop by. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is, all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. 
And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. First off, I thought the Cavs and Pacers made out nicely in this. Yep. Um, the Cavs get, they use a, a, a 2022 Milwaukee pick, which... You know, as long as Giannis and Drew Holiday does, if Drew Holiday doesn't leave and Giannis is healthy, is probably a, a bottom five pick. Um, they get Jared Allen, who I suspect they will sign to a long-term extension in the offseason and will become their uh, franchise center going forward. Mm-hmm. I don't think Andre Drummond will be around long. I don't think JaVale Holiday he, or JaVale Holiday, JaVale McGee might might not might not end the week as a Cav. I think they might move him. Um, so this would indicate that Andre Drummond is probably not going to be there long term. Uh, they take on Torian Prince, which is twelve or thirteen million for next year, but that's a. An, a well, I, mean, I mean, he's a rotation player, whatever. Yeah. Um, Indiana, uh, you know, I think they had a problem with what to do with Victor because I think he really wanted to get paid, and I and I don't. You know, what I'd say about Victor is, I think he has. If you watched him this year, he has played much better. He has become um, than he was last year, coming back from the injury. His defense has improved. He's been a, a difference-making player on defense. Offensively, he is he has not been the same threat. There's there's been a couple of nights where he's done okay, and I suspect in Houston in a different type of system, you know, he can have moments. But um, he 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 basically is not the all star. But you know, if you look at Victor Oladipo's career, he's had a bunch of really good years and one all star year where he was awesome, and then he hurt his knee, and so I think he's sort of back to the player that he was before, which is a very good player, but not an all-star. And, you know, if he wants to be paid like an all-star, that was going to be a problem for Indiana. And now Indiana gets Karis LeVert, who they know makes 16 million this year, 17.5 and 18.8, who will give them probably similar level numbers. You hope that he stays healthy. Um, So Indiana, I think, did well here sort of getting you know getting off of what was going to potentially be a Victor Oladipo problem. And I, I love it for Indiana. I I got to see Indiana play last night. Uh, I had a nice win against the Warriors and Sabonis is playing great and Turner is playing great. Victor didn't play. Um was it for injury? Whether was it because of this? I you know we'll never know. But um I think that Levert could take off to you know all-star status with this team. Um, it's, it's a good move because it's a small market team who probably will have a hard time getting free agents to come. They, they gotta get homegrown talent. So, you know, or, or you trade for somebody that you could have for a long time. And the one thing about Levert is he's a, was he relatively young guy? I like that number 18 for him is really good, exciting young player. Um, and then, um, Gosh, help me out, guys. Uh, uh, my man that just got hurt for them. Uh, sheesh. Oh, T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren. You know, once Warren gets back, you know, I know nobody's talking about him. Indiana's really good. <laughs> they're they're going to be I, – I, I think they very much improved and now suddenly are um, one of the teams to pay attention to in the Eastern Conference. 
And, and, and I really like this for Cleveland. Didn't give up much um, and got back a guy who can be part of their foundation for a long time and fits really well with the foundation, the young foundation pieces that they have in place. Uh, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland have, have quietly, you know, made some really encouraging strides there. And uh, obviously, if you're going to play a small, you know, scoring-minded backcourt uh, like like those two guys are, you know, they they hope they can develop into a a Blazers-esque type of backcourt combo. You want a big, athletic rim protect and rebound and center and Jared Allen definitely uh has the potential to be uh, you know one hell of the, uh that type of big man. Didn't get treated very well in Brooklyn. I really like his game. I'm not here to tell you he's going to be an all-star. I mm-hmm. I thought it was a, a, high, a quality move for the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Uh and here's the thing. The Cavs have like 40 50 million in cap space for next year they have to use it on somebody and there's yeah. no free agent market and free agents aren't coming to cleveland so you uh, sign jared allen and right. if you have torian prince on there you do it all right that's enough about those guys i want to talk about the nets Whew. um to me this move was not about kyrie irving at all this move was about kevin durant mm-hmm. uh and i and i don't even know what's going on with kyrie how much that affects it but one thing i need to point out here durant Kyrie and Harden all can opt out after next season. And the most relevant of those is not opt out. Or I think they, they may be an opt in or whatever it is, but they can all be free agents in the summer of 2022. Duran is the most relevant one there because that's the guy you got to worry about. That's the guy you need to keep happy. Um, and like, I can't predict the future with Kyrie. I have no idea what's going to happen for all I know. He would have come back and, been terrific in the playoffs without Harden and they would get to the conference finals and be just as potent. But by doing this deal, you send the message to Durant and basically you're wagering and, and you've, you've given away so many draft picks that you've, you have to, you have to, um, uh, you have to keep Durant. You have to get him extended. You have to get him to resign. Um, not unlike what you did with Kawhi, you know, Kawhi signed short, you know, Paul George is signed short. You've, you've got to give up those picks for him, but then you've got to get those guys extended. And so Clippers got Paul George extended. We'll see on, on Kawhi. And so to me, getting James Harden, who has a longstanding relationship with Durant from when they played at Oklahoma City, and using all of these assets is an effort in a shaky situation with Kyrie to, um, to keep Durant long-term. Spears, what do you think about that? Uh, what scares me about their team now is from a rebounding defensive shot blocking standpoint, I mean, they, they, they're going to be able to score with the best of them and they're going to have to be able to score with the best mm-hmm. of them. I, I just don't know how they're really going to stop anybody um, defensively. Uh, you know, Jared Allen was 22% of their rebounds and 27% of their blocks. But, I mean, one thing that I think has to happen is, which, you know, I covered the big three with the Celtics. And when they came in, the one thing they did was put their egos aside, realize they wanted a championship together, didn't care about who scored what, you know. And and I think you, you maybe you bring a Kevin Garnett in and talk to him about how they made it work or Ray Allen in or something like that. Just don't bring him in together. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. Uh, but I, can, can they do that? I know, I, I know Durant can, and I, I know Kyrie 
pretty good. Not as well as you know him, Brian, but huh. like how I don't know if anybody knows Kyrie, man. Yeah, I, I, I know him all right. I, I just wonder how they coexist with one ball. And, and and you mentioned the OKC tie. Obviously, Durant and Harden have played together. Yeah. Whoop de damn do. Yeah, one came off the bench, you know. Well, well, also, yeah, Harden, Harden and Russ played together. Hey, yeah. childhood friends. And they both wanted to get yeah. the hell out of Dodge after last year. So clearly, you know, the good old Thunder days, it, it doesn't well, matter. Well, James well, Harden well, was McMahon, a six-man man. I'm going to interrupt you to this point because I, I know you can give some great insight on this. Your old Houston coach is there. Like, yeah. like, is he the one that figures this out offensively? You can't put that on Steve Nash. Well, and what was his attraction to, to James wanting to go there too? Yeah, the players have to figure it out offensively. You know, they wanted this to happen. Uh, it's on them to figure out. And and again, the wild card is whether Kyrie's going to when is he going to be yeah. a part of this? Will he be a part of this? Or like, I don't know who knows the answers to that. I don't know if Kyrie knows the answer. Guys, yeah. Kyrie, Kyrie has been sending messages to people in many ways that basketball is not always going to be his priority. Mm-hmm. He has said as much. Now, whether he feels that way on Wednesday and then feels a different way on Friday and feels a different way next Wednesday, next Tuesday, that's a different scenario. But I don't know what Kyrie's going to be. I think he's a complete and total wild card. Yep. And I think that'll be the case for the rest of his career. Right. And look, the storylines that dominated this week, obviously, were James Harden's unhappiness coming to a head. And then and then Kyrie's, uh, I don't know what he even will call it, uh, sabbatical, whatever, whatever you want to call it. The Harden thing, you can, like like Boogie Cousins did today, you can blast the disrespect, the, you know, the antics, you know, whatever words you want to use, whatever you're, I mean, just like DeMarcus did. There was no question about the intent. You understood exactly what James Harden wanted. He was not happy in Houston. He wanted to get the hell out. And so he did what he did, and he got his way. I don't know what Kyrie wants because he is where he wanted to be, playing with the co-star he wanted to play with. So he's you know, he's not trying to force his way to another team. So I, the, his intent is a mystery. Um, this is such Mystery. a curious team, man. <laughs> yeah, I've really never seen a team like this. You know, I, I think the sort of the natural thing to say is, well, how do they share the ball? Yeah. I, I mean, to me, like they're gonna they're gonna score 130 points. I mean, they're they're right. gonna try to win games, 133, 127, and they're gonna win games like that. And won a um, lot of them in the regular season for sure. Yeah, and uh, defensively, you know, um, you know what's going to happen in a playoff setting. Teams are going to attack Harden, and they're going to attack Kyrie. And you know, I don't know who their center is going to be, but if they're going to try to put DeAndre out there, they're going to attack him. It might and be KD. Yeah, it might be. Um, it might be Jeff Green. I, yeah. Right now, their backup center yeah. is Jeff Green. I I assume they'll make a move to get another center. And they're going to attack them, and that's what happens in the playoffs. Teams create matchups and whatever. And um, you know, they've given themselves a you know a, a margin for error offensively that I, I don't know if we've ever seen before or few have seen it. Um, and so, 
I, I just, you know, it's, but history, history tells us that teams that are all offensive based, um, which, you know, interestingly, Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni were a classic example of mm-hmm. in, in Phoenix, although they absolutely got unfortunate hands dealt to them with the suspensions that one time and then the Joe Johnson injury and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they had some things happen to them that were unfortunate, but Phoenix never won um, because they, they were one of the greatest offenses we've ever seen, but they could not defend when it mattered. And so it's interesting that we have D'Antoni and Nash now coaching maybe one of the greatest offensive firepower teams we've ever seen. And they were going to test this again. And, um, and, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, I, I'm I'm surprised that, like on one hand, I'm surprised that Brooklyn was willing at this point to 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 give up all of these draft assets because um, you know they hadn't even seen what a Kyrie Durant with all the because um, the, the team had pretty good depth. Uh, even after Dinwiddie got hurt, I, I was surprised they wouldn't let it sort of run its course one year to see how it worked. That they twelve games in uh, went for this, even with the Kyrie situation, even with that sort of funkiness out there. Um, I, you know, and, and I mean, it, it's it's surface level analysis to say, boy, this could really come back to haunt them. Well, no kidding, they know that. They know. That in 2024, if um, if Kyrie has decided he's going to do other things and retired, and Harden goes elsewhere and whatever, they know that they could potentially be in huge pro- in huge trouble here. They are wagering that um, that this year, 2021 and 2022, that they have a chance to win the championship. Which mm-hmm. that is the kind of trade uh, that I thought would be made for Harden, a team going all in. The question is: Is there is there a percentage champ their percentage chance of winning truly higher today than it was yesterday? I think it's higher. Yes, um, I think that they've got some work to do to fill the the massive hole at center. You know, having said that, like if there's quality centers that are that get bought out, I think the Nets are clearly going to be the number one team on the list. But how, but how long are they going to use that center? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like that, I, I just well, see look, them like, basically. Let's just, let's just be honest, though, Spears. Yeah. They got to prepare for a series with the Sixers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So somebody has got to deal with Embiid. And y'all, y'all, the way that... y'all have any faith in DeAndre? McMahon, you want to? <laughs> no, it's a short answer. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> no, is a short answer. So if if this all he has to do is just guard him, I mean, no, I mean, no, Which no, is... no, no, absolutely not. I have faith he can grab a bunch of empty rebounds, but no, other than that, no faith. Um, I have, I have faith that he's a very good friend to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and got a nice contract. I mean, he wasn't he an all-star just wasn't that long ago, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, 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 it was a few teams ago, not coincidentally. (laughs) Um, I mean, they just demoted him to the bench, which he was DMP CD last night, wasn't he? Right. You know, I mean, yeah, Durant and Kyrie, Durant and Kyrie run this organization guys. I mean, you know, well, shocker. They they got 
Kenny Atkinson fired, you know, whether or not that was a move that needed to be made, it doesn't really matter. They got him fired. They control who comes in and out of the lineup. Um, and they told us kind of, that on that uh, Instagram live, they right? Did. They did. <laughs> and I mean, like, you know, I, I appreciate that, that Nash, you know, has to go out in front of the media and give some answer. But I mean, yeah, um, he looks like he's in a straitjacket given these answers. He or, looks like he's in a hostage video. And, and Spears, you asked, do you have any faith in DeAndre Jordan to, to guard an all-NBA center? They played Nikola Jokic last night, and DeAndre Jordan was a DNPCD. There's your answer. It ain't whether I've got faith. He was a DNPCD against an all-NBA big man last night. You think they want him guarding Embiid for seven games? You know, Maybe they were, they were trying to include him in a matter? trade and had to hold him out. <laughs> okay. Let me, let me let me check let me check Harris Levert's stats from last night. <laughs> okay, let's see. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Yeah, let me but, let me but they, they're what... not gonna have a choice. I'll be like they're gonna try I don't to create know, maybe a they get Javel, Harris Levert, right? 20 maybe. points, five rebounds, six assists, and twenty-six minutes off the bench. So yeah, that wasn't it. Jared Allen played 36 minutes last night. Plus 18, by the way, in those 36 yeah. minutes guarding Nikola Jokic. So, yeah, I, I yeah, that, sorry, that impasse. I mean, that. I'm now actually, uh, I want to see Philly, Brooklyn in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I want to see how it goes because um, this is so much of, uh, of what they're, you know, this was, you know, this was the two of them had this option. Like, you know, one of yeah. them was going to get hardened. The other thing is, um, McMahon, what do you think about Harden's ability to play himself into shape? He obviously, I, he obviously look, hasn't cared the last five games. He's like not right. getting the line. He's obviously better than he's shown. But. I, I do not doubt James Harden's ability to be one of the most dominant offensive players in the NBA. One bit. Yeah, out of shape or not, the guy had 44 points and 17 assists in the season opener in Portland. Okay? James Harden's, like, could he, could he drop a few pounds? Obviously. Um, but his level of Fs given will increase dramatically. And that 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 was the biggest problem these last five that's the thing. You know, Harden kind of saying we're just not good enough. Dude, you're yeah, you're right. The Rockets probably aren't going to be a contender. But the reason the Rockets have sucked so bad is because the guy who's supposed to be a perennial MVP candidate has been hot garbage the last five games. And I'm just telling you this, I run back harder in transition defense and old fart pickup games. And James Harden has this season for the Rockets. Uh, will that change in Brooklyn? I think he will at least break a sweat jogging back on defense. Yes. I think he will get back to at least trying to attack the basket. It, it was pretty clear these last five games. He decided, I'll go through the motions, but you know what? I sprained an ankle. I ain't going to put my body on the line. Like, screw this. And, you know, he, he mailed it in and got his way and got to Brooklyn. But he's still... Harden will will put up thirty plus points per game efficiently for the Nets. I have no doubt about that. Who do you guys think is better to bring uh, to have the ball in their hands more of those three? Like who the, benefits the, the three of them the best? Like the, the Harden. Is the, well, the win. I think. I think Kevin Durant is the best player of the three. No I think I think Harden is the. Uh, Harden is probably the guy who's best suited to to have the ball in his hands the most of the time. He's he's definitely the most durable. Um, you know, I, I think he's the guy who's best suited to, to carry more of the load. 
but he's also the distant third best closer of the three. Yeah. Is he the best passer of the three when he wants to? Yeah. Be? No. That, yeah. Harden's the best that, passer. Because I do think he's underrated in that. Uh, that world when, when he wants to pass he he's pretty good at it he could he could rattle up some no assists. he's no he's he's a he's an elite i mean the guy's got an assist title he's a he's yeah. a an elite passer that's that's where i think he could be i i'd rather see him bring the ball up than Kyrie. um but boy at I mean, listen, you're assuming Kyrie's not going to be on zoom calls you know i earlier today before this went down. Um, I had a conversation with four or five people on teams. And of course, Kyrie was a huge topic of conversation in the league today. And um, I asked, um, what's the, what, what do you guys think the trade market is for Kyrie Irving right now? Like, let's say, let's say they, let's say they, something happened and they, they, they had to trade him. And the answers that I got were wild, yeah. <laughs> wild. Um, I got everything for from and, and like these are like you know these are like general managers and assistant general managers. Um, I got everything from like I think you could still get two firsts for him to you could attach him as filler. Like I got that level of <laughs> of 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 you know thing. And so like, do you believe that's uh, on the table now? No, but it's January and the yeah. trade deadlines at the end of March. Well, listen, I know that the Rockets wanted nothing to do with the Kyrie. Uh, you know, Kyrie coming back in this deal, because and I, I get it. Uh, basically, their point was okay. So we're going to trade one really unhappy superstar for an even unhappier star who's not as good. So I mean, if Kyrie gets traded somewhere where he doesn't want to be, I don't know. They even report. I mean, he wanted to. He's be not reporting, Brooklyn. right? Now. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. Um... And look, he's made, you know, he's made a lot of money in his in his career. He might he might just say, you know what, I'm good. Are you are you guys convinced they're the best team in the East now? No. No. I, I mean, I think they're absolutely a contender. Um I I'm I'm I could in the snap judgment, guys, I'm having difficulty determining how much better they are today than yesterday. And I also recognize that they have now gassed their ability to really improve this roster. Yeah. Um, Dinwiddie cannot, I mean, he's gone. Um, he's in his expiring. Uh, you know, Joe Harris is on a big contract. If you traded for him, they would be a, you'd be a loss. They don't have assets to trade. So their ability, this is what I said after the Lakers made the Anthony Davis trade. Um, the Lakers ability to improve their roster um, after the Anthony Davis trade was very limited. Uh, but they had cap space and they had Anthony Davis and LeBron who turned out to be devastating together. Okay. And um, ended up working. So my thing here is if this doesn't work, they are very restricted in how they can get better. They cannot trade a pick. They cannot trade one. Mm -hmm. I mean, second round picks, but they, they can't improve there. And then you look at, you know, their, their best assets on their roster to trade were Dinwiddie, no longer available. Levert. And uh, and Jared Allen, that's all gone. They just they don't have any. I mean, they don't have anybody they can materially move. So this team has got to work, right? Yeah. And I'm just saying, as I sit here in the moment, in the day of the trade, I don't know whether they are vastly better than they were yesterday. But they need to be vastly better because they are not. They were, in my view, they were not a championship team yesterday. So we'll see. Now I remember, 
And I think I talked to McMahon on this podcast about it. When they did the Chris Paul trade in Houston, I didn't see how the rock that was really going to benefit the Rockets. And D'Antoni put it together, and those dudes were awesome together. They probably could have won a championship. And I remember talking to um, uh, D'Antoni about it at the end of the first year together. And I and D'Antoni was like, "Listen, you guys, you guys look at things a certain way. You don't quite understand the full sphere. Blah blah blah." Like he's like, I, he's like, "You guys let me do my work." So. I will yield and say, let's let D'Antoni do his work and see how it can do it. And maybe what he crafts over the next few months does produce something that's materially better. And I'm sitting here in March and I'm saying, oh, oh boy, yeah. what an incredible trade. Look at these guys. They're averaging 135 a night. They're shooting 49% as a team and they're trading off, blah, blah, blah. But I just, I'm skeptical about to that. To your point though, that Rockets team I don't have the uh, numbers in front of me, but they were a very, very good defensive team. They had, uh, you know, Bezdelic with his switch everything scheme really worked that year. Capella protecting the rim. They had Ariza. They had, um, they had obviously PJ Tucker, Luke and Bamute. That was his last really good year. Um, they had Maybe a lot have of Ariza on this team after he gets bought out. Yeah, well, I hear that he ain't getting bought out, but we'll we'll see how that. We'll see what ends up happening. Um, but they had a lot of really good role players uh, who fit that. Um, so they weren't just a team that lit it up offensively. They were also a great, not a great, a very good defensive team. And and I don't know how the Nets become a very good defensive team. You guys like I guess, uh, Deadman at all? And he's out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, mean the, 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 I think, you know, any buyout. Uh, no. a... Any buyout guy that comes to market, if it's not going to be the Lakers, it's going to be the Nets. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. it's going to be one of those two. So I, you know, they will be able probably to add a player or two. Um, hey, maybe Andre Drummond. Yeah, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Andre Drummond. Um, he's, a, he's at least got to be considered a buyout candidate because why? Why give Drummond mm, minutes when you got I mean, Jared Allen? Probably. Probably because you know you got to be careful if you're still trying to get a contract, giving away your bird rights. Um, there's enough salary cap yeah. space out there um, for next season that um, uh, that you know I don't know that's a topic for three, two three two three months from now. But um, uh, one other thing I I want to ask McMahon, the Rockets do not control their pick this year. Their pick is swappable with the Thunder. But the Thunder can, as a part of this funky trade that they made, the Thunder can swap the pick that they have from the Miami Heat with the Rockets pick. Um, top four protected. So the Miami Heat, wherever they end up, they're going to probably be an Eastern Conference playoff team. Pick is probably going to be in the late teens, early 20s. The Rockets, they can swap that down to the Rockets pick. The Rockets are not incentivized to tank. They're incentivized to keep winning. Um, what do you think the Rockets are now uh, with John Wall, Victor Oladipo, uh, Christian Wood, Eric Gordon going forward? P.J. Tucker. P.J. Well, Tucker. I don't anticipate P.J. Tucker finishing the season in Houston. I'll put it to you like that. Can I ask you something real quick, uh, McMahon? Mm -hmm. How come P.J. Tucker has just stopped shooting altogether? He's shooting like one shot a game. 
This is a guy who led the league in corner three-point shots a year ago. I mean, he was putting up a lot. Yeah. He has stopped shooting. Uh, you know what? I don't, I don't have a great answer for you. I would say that uh, not that this affects that particular question, but I, I don't believe that PJ's motivation level is at its normal uh, you know, at, at what it usually is, he want look. He want he want an extension. It didn't happen. It makes zero sense for it to happen at this point for the Rockets. Oh, that's not happening. I mean, he'll be he'll be traded at some point this season, and I do think that you know there will be several good teams who uh, you know, who will want PJ Tucker. Um, we'll see. You know, obviously the, the Rockets are kind of in and pick uh. Stocking up pick mode, and we'll see if they can get a pick for PJ. Yeah. So, how many plus first round picks do the Rockets have since Raphael took over? Five now. Well, well, six. You want to count this as four or as eight? No, it's four. It's four. Just the positioning is going to be, you know, so four plus four swaps. They've got a protected one from Detroit. They've still got a protected one from Portland, Portland, and they've got a protected one from the Wizards. So they've traded for seven first round picks. First round picks. Now they owe two to OKC plus the two swaps. Right. So they are they are up three picks and two swaps total. You know, based on what they <laughs> what they've got net, and what they owe. Net three. Yeah. Net three swaps. This is wild. Um but so what do you think they're gonna be the rest of the season? I mean, they've got a chance to be in that play in mix. Um you know, obviously, it's ba- look. Is John Wall going to be healthy all season? Well, how is Oladipo going to look? Can can he stay healthy? Um, I, they're not going to be any good defensively. Uh, you know, James Harden wasn't the 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 worst defender in the starting lineup. <laughs> I'll put it to you like that. Um, you know, is what do they end up getting for PJ Tucker? Is it is it just filler and a pick? Is it you know do they get back? Maybe, what's what's Spears? Uh, what do you think? Tucker's value is he's making eight million, so it's not a hard guy to trade for. I love him. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I'd want him. I'd want him on my team for sure. He, he yeah, just, if you're a contender, um, you want him. Yeah. You get a first rounder for him, right? Protected, maybe first round pick. A protected, protected. pick from a contender. Yeah, I think I think that would be the hope. He just um, makes so, you. He, he he makes you tougher. He's a great guy in the locker room. He could hit that three. He he does the uh, to me the professionalism he showed last season playing center. Like I know after games he was in pain, man. Well, he, he took a beat. He, he played the second half of the season with a pinched nerve in his neck and still yeah. didn't miss a game. Didn't I mean, there's some teams where, didn't bid. Just played like he. There's some teams he'd be great for. He'd be yeah. great for Philly. I don't know if Philly. Yeah. I don't know if they can do a deal this point he'd be good for boston he just to me he's one of the one of the best guys off the court i've i've been around just great great person great in the locker room does all the dirty work like he's that extra piece that could you know kind of push you over the hump a little bit he's he's not going to be i agree that's why i think there will be a market yeah 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 and 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 um, like to me, like a team like the Celtics, I'd love to see like him there just to give him some more grit. You know, a team like Miami, I, I don't know, um, Clippers. I'm, I'm not saying I know where he could potentially go. Yeah, but yeah, everybody could use a PJ Tucker. Yeah. Um. Well, 
guys, there's been we are it's been a lot of superstar trades in the last three, four years, and we've seen <laughs> an incredible amount of draft capital. I mean, when you think about the Paul George trade, the Anthony Davis trade, Drew Holiday trade, and this trade. I mean What does that say about the GMs now? Man. They roll it, huh? I guess, man. Um, you know, this is obviously an owner level decision. I mean, even the Russell Westbrook trade. Russell Westbrook trade, right. Uh, Obviously, Sean Marks has to put the deal together. Um, But the word came down yesterday, uh, yesterday afternoon, evening, or I don't even even remember. But the word came down, the Nets are willing to do it. This message sort of went through the league. The Nets are willing. They're they're willing to do it. And do it meant give up all the picks and swaps. Everything they could trade, they do. Um, And uh, I was like, okay. Well, you know, it was just a matter of whether that was what Houston was willing to do. And, but, and I'll tell you what. Brian and, and Tim, y'all don't believe there was a method to James Madness yesterday? For sure. Absolutely. No, he planned For on sure. that. He planned on that. Yeah, he, he, got, he, if, 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 if he got that word too, obviously. He, that's right. And he walked into the press conference with the intent to say those words he, he yeah, kind of took he took two questions got out what he wanted to get out and, and yeah and got the hell out of there he kind of stumbled through it it wasn't the cleanest delivery of uh of a, but he he did ex- he knew exactly what he knew exactly what was going on and yeah. uh um i will say this um this is why players make trade demands because not all the time most of the time they get what they want most of the time yeah, they do. And it, and, it, and it wasn't pretty. And, you know, look, Harden went from being absolutely beloved in Houston to now I'm sure he gets booed the next time he comes back to the Toyota Center. Yeah, Not like, like uh, you know what? Anthony it, it, Davis get booed in New Orleans and he yeah. doesn't care. His ring yeah. shines. He yeah. does not care. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you guys for coming on. Uh, thank you for listening to Hoop Collective Podcast. Thank you to Christina who pinch hit for us today for Troy. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.